Hello, Bill Kasky back at the Advanced Selling Podcast. I am Brian Neal Less today, if that's an adjective to describe me. He is on spring break. Lucky him. That's the bad news. The good news is we have a LinkedIn group member, Ali El Jishi, who has been listening to us for a long time, a couple of years. He's in Dubai. And he has volunteered to come on the program, and we recorded it here just a little bit ago, and tell us about a situation that he has with one of his past clients, and he's trying to get back in, and he's, he's got some issues. And so uh, we said, let's coach a few of these, and a couple of you, several of you actually, uh, volunteered to do this. So we picked a couple out of the hat. We picked Ali, and uh, we have another one coming up here next week. But it's a fairly complex situation, but I wanted to give you a chance to hear what the plight was and a little bit of the coaching that I gave. Him, and then in subsequent podcasts, we might want Brian to weigh in on it as well. So here's uh, Ali El Jishi and my conversation here just a few minutes ago. Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice, uh, nice of you to have us. We thought, um, Ali, if you could give us the situation and just kind of paint the picture for us of the situation that you want to talk about, and then I might ask you a few more questions to get a little bit deeper, then maybe we can talk about what some possible solutions might be. Does that sound fair? Okay. And how long have you been a podcast listener? Uh, last couple of years. I listen to you guys every week. Well, good. You're in Dubai and in London? Yeah. Well, we, we're in the uh, IT recruitment business. So we have offices in London and Dubai. So IT recruitment business. Well, why don't you give me a sense of the situation and then I'll ask you some questions. In the IT recruitment business, we, we focus on two or three key accounts. We work with them in uh, different regions and um, different parts of the world. But one of our best accounts is in Brazil. We had a great relationship with them. We were introduced to them by one of the senior uh, partners. A good couple of years worth of business with them. And as the, uh, the market is changing, more and more companies are streamlining through purchasing, as you guys know. A new purchasing baby comes along and, uh, you know, the game has changed. She tried to streamline the processes, which is understandable. But, yeah, she seems to have grown um, a dislike to us. Um, and, and whatever we do, we just can't uh, get on. You know, we follow all the rules, we, we submit the proposals. And, yeah, it's very, very cool response all the time. Well, I'm, I'm going to say good here, not because I'm, I'm glad you have this issue, but it's a typical problem when new people come into an organization. It's like the new sheriff in town, and all the rules change when a new person comes in. So this is interesting. And let me ask you a couple of questions here. When, when she, and it's a she, right? Yes. Okay. When she came in, what were the first things you did when she first came on the scene? What was your strategy when she came in? A normal strategy would be to, to organize a face-to-face meeting. But we sitting in London and she sitting in Brazil, that was not possible. So it starts with the, with the usual um, conference call. We were introduced by her as uh, seniors, if you like. So this is a company we work with. Done an introduction, sent a proposal. You know, say, this is who we are. This is what we do. But, you know, from the beginning, you, you get the, the, the impression, as you say, the new sheriff in town, you know, my rules, my game. And we played along all through the process. But it's obvious from the word go that we were not the favorites. That's for sure. mm-hmm. And did you have a relationship with any other people inside the firm other than purchasing? Yeah, yeah. the standard course of business was the, the seniors and the project managers and the IT managers. And obviously, they tried to streamline that for cost and processes. So she was brought in to do that. But 
we, we kind of offended her somehow. And I guess with us in recruitment, there's always this, or used to be, them and us mentality with purchasing. Mm-hmm. But more and more, we work with purchasing, and you've got to work alongside these guys, not behind them. But I, I got the impression it was, yeah, because you guys come in without purchasing, so now it's going to be difficult. You said the word streamline the process. Has she said that to you? Is those her words or yours? Uh, her seniors. When she was brought in, she was brought in to, to streamline the way the company buys. Okay. Have you ever talked to her? Uh, only uh, by email. Good question. Only by email. Okay. So, and how long has she been there? Um, about a year. So only by email in the first year, and she refuses to invite you in, or you said something about it, it prohibitive because of travel. I guess if you called her today and say, look, I'm, I'm going to be in Brazil and just happen to take a weekend in Brazil. Can I come in and see you Monday? Would she say no? She gives us the cold shoulder, if you like. She doesn't answer the phone. So trying to reach her by phone is, is, a, is a mission. Okay. Um, we can reach her seniors more than we can reach her. I mean, just to, to update you, we went through the whole tender process. We submitted everything, and then we were told, okay, you were not successful. So we let it cool down for six, six months or so. And then we've just gone back again to, to try and see where we are in the process and it's the same thing it's the cold shoulder as a lesson for listeners who might either have this going on right now or will because i think sooner or later if you're in sales longer than a couple years your biggest account something changes the rules change and we'll just call this a rule change yeah it's a person change but everything changed when she came in so all the rules changed and they didn't tell you what the rules were and you're, in a way, still trying to figure out what those rules are. Do you have anything, as we talk about this, and I'm sure this is not the first time you, you probably think about this all the time, do you have anything that as you look back, you say, boy, we should have done this differently. We should have handled this situation. It's easy to say, oh, no, we'd have done everything the same, but you're not getting the results you want, so I'm assuming that you would have some kind of different strategy or tact that you would take as you look back. What lessons have you learned here? Um, I would say, looking back now, I would have taken a flight to Brazil the moment the rules changed. Yeah. Uh, but we were not told the rules have changed, if you can imagine. You know, you're just you're going through a paperwork process. But as you say, when you look back, it's always a rule change. When there's a rule change, face-to-face always works better. Absolutely. Um, another thing that comes into the game, if you like, uh, they use a lot of local companies in Brazil. So international companies come with a cost. So they favor the local, which is understandable. Uh, the language, the culture, the price. But I think if you, if, you, if you sit in front of the person and demonstrate value face-to-face, then we probably wouldn't have game changers. Yeah, it's weird because, like you say, they don't send out an email to all vendors and say, okay, everybody, the rules have changed now. You're going to have to behave differently. So you have to kind of pick that up on your own. I would suggest that anyone listening to this who has a similar kind of situation where there's a new sheriff in town or a new buyer in town or a new decision maker in the process is the rules will change, period. They can't not change. In fact, I think sometimes when people come into organizations like this buyer did, they find a way to exert their influence and power and authority and heft and muscle and whatever they have by making the rules change, even if the rules changing are not good for the company they're working for. They just need to make their mark. Whether that's what you have here or not, it really is irrelevant. What you have is the rules have changed. You don't know what they are. So here's a final question. I'm assuming you know this company pretty well, and you know what their issues are, and what their problems are, and what their ambitions are. Have you created anything specifically for this company that relates to that? Yeah. Uh, when we were doing the, um, the initial proposal, we always tailor a proposal just for that company. I, I think the um, 
the, the issue we're having is this, her seniors see our value. Uh, she does not see our value. So the, the tricky question here is, you know, following what you guys say with the abundance theory, you know, you can always move on. And, you know, we have, of course, moved on to other accounts. But this was our number one account. And this is, this is the trick. Do you walk away from the number one account or do you keep knocking on the door? The tricky part was, do you skip her, which irritates her more, or do you try and bring her to the table? Oh, no question. It's touchy now because uh, you're, you're kind of past the point where you could have exerted your influence in higher levels, even if you ever could have. But yeah, you're in that touchy area of uh, how much damage do you want to do to your relationship with her? And it sounds like there's nothing there to do more damage to. It sounds like, it literally sounds like she doesn't even know you guys exist, even though you were the prevailing vendor. Are you getting nothing from them now? Nothing. Oh, okay. Well, the damage is done, Ali. So you've got to figure out a way and maybe a little bit more courageous way. When I ask you if you had done anything with them specifically for their issues, what I was referring to is less a proposal and more uh, can you create something that speaks directly to them? Uh, here's what one of our clients have done. I think you might have heard it in previous podcasts. Is this client had a similar kind of situation, although there wasn't no conversation. There was a little bit. And I said, why don't you guys write an article about this company, but don't mention the company in it. So uh, mention the struggles the company had. Mention the the circumstances that this company was involved with in terms of hiring people in this in this world. And really create an article that's speaks directly to this company because sometimes the only way to get someone's attention is to send them something that's really about them, even though their name won't be in it. Especially if it's a sizable company, you're now to the point where you still have relationships with people above her. So you don't want to waste those, but doing the same thing, calling her every six months or continuing to try to email her is not working. So I would say abort abort that process. You've got to find a new way to get in to have a discussion with her. Um, even if it comes to, if there was a way that you actually could help her streamline the processes or add value to her, but produce something of meaning and send it to her, either a video, a podcast, an audio, an article, a white paper, or something that doesn't take you tons of time. But the fact is, if this is a big client, Yes, you should have flown to Brazil the instant she was on board, but you didn't. And so now you're left kind of picking up the pieces of what could have been. And I think you've got to change your thinking a little bit about how to get back in. Maybe even if it's writing this article or this case study or whatever you want to call it and sending it not only to her, but also to her seniors and to people who know you, you've got to keep in front of them in some way because there will be pain. She will have pain at some point, and you want to be there with value to help her. But first, you've got to get on her radar screen. I just don't think you are right now. Last question for you, because I know we're running out of time. Would you do something along the lines of a, a market study, national, you know, uh, local agencies versus international companies, that kind of thing, to catch her attention? What's the, the pros and cons of working with either company? Or would that be too much direct? Um... I see what you mean, and that really does speak to her, but that speaks to you, not to her. <laughs> Maybe for your own well-being, you need to do that. I almost feel like you have to go in with the attitude of, look, a local solution might be the best for you, but she's really never with both eyes opened, looked at both. She's only gone to the local solution. So all you can hope for here is that she will at least open one eye toward, okay, well, I like the local solution, but yeah, I'm willing to look at, at other options. And then that piece becomes meaningful. Sending that piece to her blind feels like what it is, which is a pitch for her business. 
Got it. So anyway, hey, listen, Ali, I uh, appreciate it. We're talking with um, Ali El Jishi from uh, Dubai, and he also has an office in London. He's in the IT business and a great podcast listener. Ali, thanks so much for your time today, and I hope that was of some value to you. That was a tough one, though. Pleasure talking to you. Okay, see you later. Bye. This podcast presented by Caskey, leaders in sales training and executive coaching. You can learn more about Caskey at caskeyone.com.